And how you guys doing? Welcome to the show. We got a good one today. A very serious issue that affected, you know, the lives of our guests as well as hopefully you guys can learn something from their experience. I heard a lot of people going around saying, oh, it's Jerry Springer. No, that's not how we're going to present this today. We're going to present this straight up as, you know, this is something that really breaks you up when you have trust in a brother and they go way overboard and start messing around with your old lady. It's one of the things that in the old days used to be a condition about being thrown out bad from the club, but it doesn't seem it that way anymore. But I'm going to bring in our guests, our co-hosts, all that good stuff. We got Black Dragon coming in. How you doing, Black Dragon? We got Jesse from... Kelly, and we got Wes. He's on the road right now. He's up in uh, Pennsylvania right now. I feel for you. Your guys are just like me, and the uh, loony leftist controlled the government. But uh, these uh, guys were members of a club. We will not be talking about which club they came from. We're going to be talking about their personal experiences with what happened to them. And again, Anybody who takes a trust of another brother and throws it down the toilet, yeah, there's going to be some emotions, uh, you know, pretty ripe right there. And I want to start out and go to Black Dragon, then we're going to ask Jesse and then go to West. But Dragon, what is your thoughts on something like this? So, you know, there's uh, some things that you learn in the playground, uh, things you learn in the sand pit. Uh, and getting along with with humans and uh, there was a book somebody wrote all I needed to know about getting along in the world I learned in high school in a great uh, kindergarten and the the idea that uh, trust uh, comes along with loyalty and brotherhood and the understanding that my marbles are my marbles and I'll share my marbles with you but like the Aggie, I, I'm not sharing the Aggie or the Cat Eye or the Steely. You know, that's my favorite marble. And uh, there, there is a, an, expectation, a, an expectation among brothers that certain things will be sacred. Uh, your children, your wife, your family, your old lady, and in some guys, uh, instances of property or two. So when that, that gets stepped on, uh, we look at that as in the biker world, in the biker club world, we look at that as the worst kind of uh, egregious violation that you can have. And in my day, that, that was, that, that was, you know, one of the few things you could be put out bad for and get your ass whooped for, and maybe even worse than that, because it's only a brother that you will trust in, in, in ways that you wouldn't trust another. And a lot of times, those are the only people that can get close enough to you to hurt you like that. So that's my feelings. Rock on. Jess, uh, let's go to you first. Let's get your story, how it affected you, and really where you're uh, at. Mine was like, uh, you know what? Mine, mine was kind of one of those weird ones. It was, uh, it was just crazy all the way around, you know, the way it happened and what happened, this and that, you know. Um, basically I was at a, a, at an event and, um, you know, making my rounds, you know, saying hi to all the different people and whatnot. 
And, you know, I kind of look to the side and I'm just like, did, did I see what I just saw? You know, I've been drinking a little bit. So I was like, I wasn't sure if I really saw that. And the other member that was there with me kind of saw my confused expression, I guess. And he's like, are you all right? And I was just like, well, can you look over there? Am I hallucinating or, you know? And he looked and the first thing he said was, oh, shit. It was like, uh, do you want me to go with you? I said, well, yeah, you know, it's better to have, you know, another brother there as a, you know, hey, this is what happened type thing. And, you know, so we went over there and I was like, um, how's it going, brother? Oh, good, good, good. oh, you know, have you met my lady? And um, it was like, oh, I didn't, you know, I didn't know that was your lady. I was like, well, yeah. That, that's my lady, you know? And uh, it was at the time she wasn't wearing a property patch, which was, you know, that that I could take the blame for. That kind of comes down on me for not enforcing that, you know? I just felt like, oh, certain members know who she's with, so you know, leave it at that. And um, so then, you know, we start kind of having words and the mother chapter comes down. And at this time I'm like, oh shit, <laughs> this is not gonna go good. And uh, my other chapter, what's going on? You no, know, hey, you know, they get his side, you get my side. And they were like, well, what do you guys want to do? And I'm just like, well, I'm cool. Like, you know, I'm I'm just wearing, I didn't know if you knew that was my lady. And I'm just letting him know, you know. And he's like, well, you know, you guys go talk it off among men. Talk, you know, talk about it among men, you know, see how this can get resolved, whatever. Um, I really don't remember the words that we said whatever we kind of are still thought it was squash that thing i mean me and him squash it but mother chapter ended up following me up to the room by this time i'm a, I'm a little heated you know i'm a little heated i'm a little drunk you know liquor's flowing and um scuffle breaks out and next thing you know I'm, I'm knocked out on the floor you know and uh yeah it was just one of those things that was i ended up spending the whole weekend in my hotel room i was not allowed to leave my room <laughs> And uh, it was just one of those things that, you know, I look at it many different ways. You know, I messed up as not making her wear the property vest type thing. Um, could I have handled it differently? I mean, personally, I don't believe in, in, you know, I believe it takes two. It takes two to, to make this happen. It's not just one person. You know, one can engage, but the other one can say no. So it takes two. Um, and at the same time, I'm not... At least me, it, it, the brother's going to be brother of the club. You know, I'm not going to be on bad terms with him. Yeah, we're, we're brothers. We may fight. We may argue. But at the end of the day, if we go to war, I need to know that he has my back as he needs to feel I have his back. And if you guys are grudging and beefing, you're going to wonder, you know, hey. So it's kind of one of those things that. Now, you know, did, it go, did it go beyond just that day or uh yeah it it, kind of carried on for a while because it was like after that i didn't talk to to um i didn't talk to her and i was kind of you know put back in the prospecting phase of of the club and all that and and obviously i was intermingling let's talk about that for a second that the club kind of came down heavy on you right uh for for tussling at the event or whatever, getting in yeah, a that's, that's what it was more about. That I was, I was the way. I mean, 
maybe I handle myself okay with, with the brother and all that, but at the same time, you know, here I am letting my emotions get the best of me. And of course, when we get liquor in us, our emotions really get the best of us. And, you know, to pick a fight with someone from Mother Chapter, probably not the best idea. Right. But uh, that person had your, your girl. So when the club didn't have your back, how did you feel? What, 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 how did you feel when they made you uh, uh, take off your? I honestly, I, I don't, I don't think I've ever looked at it as a club didn't have my back. Um, I, I want to say certain maybe members, you know, that probably didn't have my back that I was, I was upset. I did voice my opinion and I had no problem voicing my opinion and it turned into a prolonged prospecting, you know, re-prospecting to earn your way back up type thing. And, and, you know, basically me asking for a transfer out of that chapter into another chapter, you know? Right. Now, do you yeah. put uh, any blame on her? Did she know what she was doing? Did she know the protocols around other brothers, all that good stuff? Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, if you're, gonna, I mean, I believe if you're going to bring a lady, whether she's, you know, um, your wife, your, your girl, or, or just the fling thing or whatever, you know, it, it, in, in that, you know, culture, biker community, I think you guys all agree, is you have to brief them on certain protocols like, hey, don't do this, don't do that, don't say this type thing, you know, they got to know their basics. So, um, but for me to put all the blame on her, I can't really do that either. Because again, like I say, it takes two, you know. Yeah, it does take two. It does 100%. And even, I mean, even because I kind of thought about it, maybe he didn't know that if she was with me until I said something. Maybe he did. I, I mean, who knows? Me and, him, me and him never talked about it one on one. You know, we talked about that day, we squashed it and just let it be. You know, um, in fact, when I earned my, my, my patch back um, and I, you know, talked things over with her, I don't know why I did. But, you know, I talked things over with her. It was just like, you know, if you're going to come around or whatever, you know, wherever this is going, like straight up from this point forward, property vest, like it has to be worn. Absolutely 100%. And she agreed to it. And once she agreed to it, I felt it was the right thing to do to call that member. I called that member. I said, hey, um, you know, I'm just, you know, officially like this is, I'm with her. She, she is, she will be at the next event. She will be wearing a property vest. You know, are we cool or or, you know, type thing. Right. Now, when you said she was wearing a property vest, did it continue after that? Yeah, yeah. After She didn't just wear it just that one time, obviously. Oh, did the affair, he's asked, did the affair continue after that? Oh, I mean, not that I know of, no. I mean, that I'm aware of, no. And, and, and I mean, the way, like I said, the way I feel is like, Maybe that brother didn't know that she was with me, but from that day forward, I said something he did know. So, I mean, it's kind of like you said, we got to put those trust in our brothers and in the club, you know, and and just say, hey, I can leave my old lady here with them and nothing's going to happen. So from that day, I never questioned it. And, she, and, and honest truth, she didn't give me a reason to question it either, you know? Mm, right, right. I'm going to go to Wes real quick, uh, Jesse. Let's get your uh, story, Wes. Yeah. Yeah, Wes. Go I'm ahead. Sorry. Let's get your story. Uh, what do you need to know? Well, sorry, how, what, yeah, what happened with you and how did it go uh, with your situation? Uh, 
my situation was a little different. Um, I did have her uh, property cut, and uh, everybody knew she was mine. I, I, my res, my patch was pretty strong in the club, and everybody respected me. Um, I didn't have that with my old lady, but uh, my charter. Uh, I went to a different charter. I was in one charter and when I got swapped over to another and uh, our relationship went south and I ended up moving out and I lived in a rural area in Cali. So to hide something, they just put it on my property. And, you know, I had a couple of brothers put a trailer out there and the P he had a trailer full of stuff and I can count on one time he'd come out there and visit me i mean we would have church over at my place but to come over and visit me you know as a brother he that was a rare a, a, a rare thing that would happen and when i when i told everybody i says hey me and the old lady are breaking up we got to get the stuff out out of my out of my yard and they're like all right cool no problem blah 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 that he went off. He's in a truck right now. Uh, go ahead, Black Dragon. Uh, take it with Jess a little yeah, bit. Well, you know, uh, until we get our getting back. One thing that both of these guys' stories, um, when they tell them, they're you know they're sad stories. And T Spain was saying, you know, he she, she cheated on him. He stayed with her. Hey, there's a lot of people that you know uh, it's for better or for worse. And there's a lot of people that have stayed through. Uh, relationship, especially you're young, you know, really uh, young. <laughs> it's your, your first time uh, through it. Uh, and sometimes you, you, you know, you, you, you take them back and you hope for the better, you hope for the best. Uh, and that's what happens when we, as guys ask them to take us back, you know, we're hoping for the best. Um, but one thing that I just, I notice about Jess, um, his story is despite the, uh, let down because there's a lot of the, you know when we talk uh we talk backstage and when we talk there's a lot of um there's a lot more to his story um and i'm just you know i'm i'm just awe struck at no matter how painful it was uh no matter how much he didn't like be um i'm sorry uh, go ahead i'll come back to my point hollywood go ahead we're we're glad to have you back continue but um yeah um that kind of you know that was just one you know one scratch in the bedpost and i'm okay but what really really you know it was that he was over there all the time and and i would hear from other uh other other brothers that he was over there doing this that and the other and he still had his stuff there and i'm just like well you guys are supposed to get the stuff out of there and um, I went to the VP and I went, Hey, um, what's this between my old ex lady and the P and he is, it's not what he said is what he didn't say. And he hesitated, like, you know, this is fun. And, um, he goes, well, I don't know anything. And that's where I messed up and 
the whole, I got emotional. I really did. I should have just went back home and took it to church and, and put things out on the table. And uh, I got emotional. I went to go confront her about it where I got hemmed up by the cops. So um, I had, a, I ended up dropping a brother's name to get out of it because I didn't have a driver's license at the time. Um, and I didn't tell the brother that what happened that night right away. So the sheriff's pulled me over and I guess a local cop talked to the sheriff and uh, wanted to know what my name was and this guy's name was and why was I over there messing with this chick and blah, blah, blah. One thing led to another. Um, they uh, decided that they were going to run me down. Well, before that, I went to church and I got patted down going in mm. just soon, uh, right before all this happened. And we brought it up. We threw it out on the table. Me and the P uh, went toe to toe. I got the bad end of the stick on that one. But, mm. you know, that's how it's supposed to go. You're supposed to bring it up in church. It, you know, the thing was that he didn't, he lied about everything. You know, he wasn't said he wasn't over there, but, you know, I had some stuff, you know, hidden that he tried to find. And right. it was just the, the small little things like that. But the, right. the, the one thing that really, that nobody understood was, is there, when they ran me down the road, they tried to, keep me from going to the courthouse and I'm going, why are you kind of keep me going to courthouse? Cause you're going to snitch on everybody. And I, I says snitch on everybody. And I reached in the bag cause it was the only one of the other bags I ever had, you know, I had that they allowed me to keep. And I pulled out paperwork for my petition for uh, visitation for my boys. I says, this is why I was going to the courthouse for it. He goes, well, the piece says we got to keep you from going to the courthouse because you're going to snitch. And I said, the only person who knew I was going to the courthouse was my old lady. Cause I told her. So they, right. they thought they get me out of the way. Um, well, I got a question. Long story here. short. Yeah, go ahead. No, no, keep going. Keep oh, going. go ahead. You to finish that. Then I'm going to have a question. Oh, yeah, I, I probably work better with you give me a question. But um, long story short, I ended up going to the international P because really I didn't have anybody to, to talk. You know, they already ran me down the road. They were trying to get me out of the state. Um, that was another thing. I didn't I didn't have bylaws says I got to be voted on to get kicked out. That didn't happen. Um, if you're running some down the road, they have a they have a choice to take it to the IP and let him. He's like the Supreme Court. He actually has the the last say. So he wants to hear it or not hear it. And I didn't have that option either. They were just trying to sneak, you know, sneak me out of state so they didn't have to deal with it. Right. And uh, uh, going to Jess, and this is from T Spain, and I'd like to see if you agree with it. I don't think I own a girlfriend or wife. I've been through cheating and have found if they do it once, they'll do it again. And that's in his experience. Do you find that true or false? 
you know, it's, um, it's a 50-50 thing. I've, I've, I've actually, for the most part, yeah, you would think it's true. But I also believe, you know, I, I live a different lifestyle than I did, you know, back when I, my club days, you know, back in my 20s when I did a lot of crazy shit. And I look at myself, how much I changed. So I kind of look at, you know, people can change. People make mistakes type thing. Oh. Right. Uh, Wes, you take that same question. Yeah. Um, my P had priors. It's, um, I'm not trying to put him on blast because that was that's his business. But he's told me uh, one or two times that he slept with other uh, other brothers, old ladies. And I was kind of for I go, why would you do something when that happened to you? And I'm not going to you know, go into detail about his thing. That's his that's his deal. But he had priors. Hmm. Uh, well, kind of sounds I mean, like it's it uh, disappointing hearing yeah. that the S.A. or you know, whatever kind of club you're involved in didn't jump. To the bylaws, I was the and I'll, and I'll let uh Dragon because he's into the protocol stuff. Wouldn't you think the SA or somebody else would have stepped in at that point? Well, he was the SA, and uh, nobody steps in because of the clicks. Uh, you know, as we get deeper into West's story, I, I mean, yeah, West was West was basically kidnapped and thrown out of town, <laughs> so um, right, encircled and and uh. All of his stuff was, he was checked for guns and stuff and just basically railroaded out of town without even a, um, uh, as he tells it, without even a trial. So uh, it sounds like there was a lot of other folks complicit uh, with with the P who slept with his girl. So, uh, I mean, it's, it, I mean, if it, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Keep, no, keep going, Wes. Keep going. Um, Oh, no, protocol, you want to talk about protocol, um, it's charter business. It's it's no. It has nothing to do with the club. It's charter business, and charter business stays in the charter. So that was my problem. That was my dilemma. I, didn't, I couldn't go to anybody else and say, hey, I got a problem. Because if I was to go outside the charter, then I'm breaking protocol. You know, I'm like... Why are you telling everybody in the you know in the club about the problem? It stays here. It stays home. But didn't so the bylaws give? Didn't the bylaws give you an opportunity to go outside the charter? Not the. That's how you protect your 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 club, though. Each charter is its own entity. That's how you protect you know national. Because if you got somebody running rogue. It doesn't go up. It stays right there. That's how you beat the Rico. Yeah, you were in the charter system. Yeah, that, in the yeah. chapter system. Yeah. What do you yeah, think, Jeff? That's how you we... Think, that, what do you that, think, I mean, I think it also, yeah, it depends on the club, the club protocols, you know, and all that, you know, as far as, you know, going up, um, you know, there's only certain, you know, I've never been on the in the charter system, you know. I was in a, in a you know club as a whole bylaw uh, deal, and um, I mean, just for my situation, I don't I don't think no bylaws were broken or anything. It was, you know, I went up the higher steps and it was, you know, handled. I mean, yeah, like Black Dragon, Black Dragon said, you know, I, I got <laughs> the severe end of it and all that, but I think it was more of a 
you know, being drunk, belligerent, and, and picking a fight with the wrong person, you know? Right, right. Well, I cut you off, Wes. Go ahead and continue. I just wanted to get Jerry uh, in here, or Jesse in. Oh, no, yeah, no problem. Yeah. With the bylaws, the bylaws, they're not laws per se. It, what I'm kind of gathering, when I was in, I was in almost 10 years, they were more like a guideline. And you, 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 everybody's looking at these bylaws like they're, they're like set in stone and they're set in stone because the last word is the P's word. And, you know, he has the last say so. I mean, the, in the 10 years, I've really didn't vote on anybody coming in the club. It was already a, a set vote and it was the P's vote. And, uh, well, I'm flabbergasted like said, right there. Uh, <laughs> I really oh, am. Yeah. Some of the most historic, some of the most historic clubs out there that have been around since 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s. The reason why they grew the way they did and are as strong as they are was because of their bylaws. Uh, that was the final word on everything. And it kind of, it throws me through, uh, for a loop that it would be black dragon. Uh, again, you're on the protocol stuff, how it was only a president's final word and not went by bylaws. Well, you know, and that's, uh, something that I also don't have a whole lot of experience with is the charter system, but you know, the charters do operate as independent organizations and independent uh, 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 little cities or whatever you want to call it. And in that in that situation, uh, perhaps the P is. And in, in, in the situation I'm most familiar with, uh, we have protocols where uh, if things are not happening, happening fair, most most stuff is chapter business. Sure. But if things are not happening fairly, a, a member has a way to come out and, and uh, you know, go up, you know, alerting the chain of command every step of the way, like a, like in a uh, in a military unit. But uh, the the regionals and the nationals uh, definitely exist to be able to to protect uh, folks from this kind of thing. Uh, however, the charter system, uh, I'm just not familiar enough to, to know uh, the, the details of how they work, but it sounds like from what I'm hearing, uh, you know, every, every club operates a little bit differently and, and there has to be a will, even in a club where there's all these rules and, uh, and, and everything is set forth. A lot of folks come away with the feeling. It's not the first time I've heard it with the feeling that these bylaws are really uh, just a guideline because the P's doing whatever he wants. Sergeant Armour is backing him, and these other guys are backing him. So it really doesn't matter. They're doing whatever they want anyway. So it's not the first time I've heard that. Um, it, yeah, that it's basically really an hour. Uh, <laughs> You're freezing up, Wes. Go ahead, Go ahead, Wes. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Wes. No, I was just saying it's like an autocracy. Uh, you got one person calling the shots. Well, that's basically how it is when I was in. Uh, there's only one person and the one person calling the shots. And 
right. way yeah. I, I, I thought things was is you got the P. He's basically he talks to everybody you know outside the, the charter. The VP takes care of business inside the charter, and the SA is the security, so on and so forth. Um, sometimes it doesn't even go that way. Right. Jesse, uh, did your experience leave you less trusting of women in the future? Oh, yeah, that it did. That it did, man. It, it, uh, it, honestly, even to this day, I, I kind of catch myself asking questions like, you know, where are you going? You know, in reality, I shouldn't be asking that. You know, you know, if you're gonna be in a relationship with someone, you know, they, they're not dogs. You don't need to know their every step type thing, you know. But unfortunately, right. yeah, it did it did leave me with, with uh actually major trust issues. So and how are you how are you trying to overcome all those issues right now? Um you know what? It, it's hard with me because I, I actually um, around that same time when all this was happening, um, my mother became gravely ill, so I basically ended up with a, a severe clinical depression. So the combination of that, that just like really, really messed with my mind a lot, you know, and I had to take a step back from everything and it just kind of really look at things and, and try to deal with, you know, the, the depression part of it first and then the trust issues type thing, you know. So honestly, it's stuff I'm, I'm still working on to this day, you know, even though that stuff happened many, many, many years ago, you know. But at yeah. the same time, did you sink into a depression state where you're like, what could I have done different? What did I do oh, yeah. for do something oh, yeah. like that? Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I was questioning everything. Like, man, could I have handled that different? You know, what if, what if I ignored it and went this way? What if, you know, I wasn't drinking that day? Or what if, uh, you know, I just kind of let it be or, you know, or, oh, yeah, that, that, that has rolled through my mind many, many times, you know? I got a quick question here. China that I wanted to ask. <laughs> All right. My question is, my question is, is I get it. The women were unfaithful. But were you guys unfaithful? You know, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna say this straight off the bat. I was, but obviously in our in our world, you you know, like it's rare for you know for a members you know not gonna especially on camera and put himself on blast or anything like that. But I was. There was, you know, at least with me, all the relationships I've been in, there's never been any doubt whether I've been. Faithful or unfaithful, you know, I've never given them a reason to, and and I never have been unfaithful. Good, good answer right there. Good question too. Wow. <laughs> Maybe it could have been retaliation on her part. You know, yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, if I, if I would have done something, that yeah, or yeah, even something he, done, he, yeah, yeah, he wasn't. He was never guilty of doing anything wrong. But I think that's also what psychologically kind of messed me up a little bit more. Was like I never gave anybody reason for this to happen so why is it happening you know but you you chose not to have the property patch on her why did you make that choice uh, i mean honestly I, I i don't know maybe i wasn't sure if things were really gonna last and i i didn't really want to pass that property patch around you know to me i, I was brought in by some very old school members you know the, the schoolmen of the old ways and it's like only your righteous one is going to wear that. Only your 
your wife or one that you know you plan on being with, you know, granted we don't know if marriage lasts forever, but the one you plan to be with the rest of your life, yeah, she's gonna wear that property patch. And I don't know if I was sure at the time or, or not. So I just kind of, you know, and again, I fell on that, that, you know, certain brothers know we're together, but, you know, sometimes you forget how big the club is, especially when you're international, that shit, they're not all going to know, you know? Right. Very good. Very good. So, Wes. Uh, well, go ahead, BD, you go. So, Wes, when you, when they, when you, got spirited out of town so you left everything behind what 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 did you do as a result where, where did you go from there you didn't have a club you didn't have any brothers how did you feel about the club uh the club life how, how, what was your outlook and what did you do from there um that was the hardest oh man that was the longest bus ride uh, i had a my daughter liz still is there in town and i just got back um when i broke up with my ex and everything i started spending more time with my daughter and it was starting to get you know where she you know i was her hero you know we're all you know she was my baby girl and when this went down that the worst thing i had to do was tell her daddy's got to go um it was a long, I didn't have any friends. That was, like I said, it was the longest bus ride because I didn't have that support system anymore. And, you know, when I got to where I was going, it felt strange because I didn't know who, you know, where, you know, where do I look? You know, what do I do now? Kind of thing. You know, I always, I always had brothers, you know, around me all the time. And then when I got out of the club, I found out how many friends I actually had. And it was, you know, it was zero because all of my friends were in the club. That's, you know. So it didn't, it didn't only so, affect you, but it affected your family and your daughter. Is that the same yeah. case with you, Jess? Um, um, you know, well, one thing I wanted to touch on real quick, which Wes was saying, is I, I agree with it because you know what? We dedicate ourselves, our lives so much to the club. We put our club first for everything that those are the only bonds you have. So, you know, you come out of the club. Yeah, I, I felt the same way. I was lost. I was like, I didn't know who I could call, who I could trust. And I felt the same way. I, I didn't have any friends. And it was like, you know, uh, but back to the question you said, um, yeah, it did affect. She, she had kids of her own. We didn't have any kids together. But obviously those kids were affected, you know, they saw me for, you know, eight years, you know, so they knew who I was, you know, I seen them grow up and, you know, when I finally did make that choice to like, hey, I'm out, I'm gone, you know, I never, I never looked back. I just, you know, moved forward, but I didn't realize that, you know, hey, you have these kids that kind of build that bond with you and, and you know, what did it take to just kind of, hey, you know, I'm here if you, you need me. If you guys want to talk? Let me take you out to lunch. You know, let me something. You know. So that had a big effect on the kids. You having to leave oh. after all that time. Yeah. What yeah, was absolutely. the big effect on you? Yeah, like you said, you spent, you spent all that time with the club, 
putting everybody else aside for the club and the come out the other end. And we've heard stories like this where people say, well, wait a second. I thought I was a brother, but now I'm not because I'm not wearing the patch. How hard did that really hit you? Oh, man, let me tell you, you know, I, don't get me wrong. There are some solid brothers that you could say, you know what, without the patch, without, I, and I still talk to them. I can still lean back on them. You know, I can still call them and they still got my back as I got there. But then, yeah, you do feel like, well, 90% of these guys that I called brothers for all these years are gone. Like, what the hell? You know, I'm not saying I committed any crimes, but, you know, if I did, hey, I did this crime in front of you. Like, you know, now I can't call you for, you know, just to say hi. So it, it didn't, you know, and especially with me, like I said, I was going through that depression and, and all that other stuff. It, 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 it messed in my mind, it, it took its toll on me. It, it really did. I can only imagine, man. Right. That it'd be like a kick in the nuts. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What about you, West? Uh, what was it like you putting all that time into a club, going through what you went through, and then coming out on the other side where, you, like you were talking about with that bus ride, it was a lonely bus ride. It was depressing. And you sit back and you think to yourself, well, what happened? What did I do? Or what do they perceive I did? Or where was the brotherhood through this whole thing? You know what? Um, before I got on the bus, I called a, I called a, a, a brother. He's my brother. And I brought him in the club, and he had some problems, and I had to pull his patch. He was in a different charter, and his charter called me up one time. And the only reason I'm telling you this story is because it's him. But the respect that his charter had for me, they called me up and says, we got a problem with this brother, and uh, we're going to have to let him go. And we don't want a problem with you. And I says, well, when you have in church, and they told me, and I says, I'll be there. So I ended up going to church and I listened to both sides. I listened to them and I listened to him and I was not going to go into detail about it, but I was so upset about it. I took his patch from him and I says, you knew better than this. And to this day, me and him are so good friends. And he was the only one that I could actually call when that, that went down that night and he went and picked me up from the bus station. I was able to go talk to the IP for a couple hours before getting on the bus to get out of town. Mm. Did you feel that Jesse, that, that both sides of the story wasn't told? Yeah. I mean, honestly, I, I, I mean, I just look at life that way in general that, you know, we're humans. We make mistakes, whether our old age, we forget to say something or, or we twist the story a little bit. I, I honestly don't believe that the two two sides, you know, they, they don't come out. You know, they really don't. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, trust in people. Yeah, I don't. I don't put too much trust in people that much anymore. Relationships. I'm in the first relationship in almost 10 years with the lady right here next to me. And I tried to date. I couldn't do it. I actually walked away. You know, after the date, I, I wouldn't talk to the lady no more. Um, it's not, it, it felt weird to me. Um, but at the same time, you know, you know, I went into depression just like Jess 
you know, wondering what the hell did I do wrong and, 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 and replaying every, every episode in my head. Um, I got really depressed, but at the same time, uh, it was the best thing that happened when I was on that bus ride because Why? Why it opened up a new chapter. Uh, it, it was another chapter in, in, in life. Um, it was like I was, I was, I didn't know it at the time because destiny is a situation that we have a choice to act upon. And to get to that one point, everything started to fall back. You know, it was, it was a hard process. I went through the depression. Um, I worked hard to get back up, but the thing was, is putting, you know, the trust issue in, in front of everything. Uh, just like you said, um, but it, it, the reason why it was the best thing that happened to me, because I'm no longer in the situation that I was before this happened. Um, my daughter saved my life. She gave me purpose in life to, to start everything all over again. And the reason that doing this show is to, to actually tell my side that I'm not the snitch that everybody thought I was. It, it wasn't about that one thing. It was a group of other things that kind of snowballed and I messed I screwed up. I'm taking, I'm taking, I'm owning that because I used emotion when I should have just stepped back and, and, and took that all in. And I didn't do that. So, um, I messed up. I shouldn't have dropped the name, but at the same time, my brother should have my back, you know, and, and it covered me. But then again, at the same time, I got to say something. You got to step up and say something. So, you know, so when I went and talked to the, 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 the IP, I didn't lie to him. I told him what I screwed up on and, and how emotional I got. And I think that's where I, I, I came out with a little bit of respect and some brothers helped me out and got me out of town. So uh, even though you the, the way you left town was really kind of rough, they, they filled your pockets full of money uh, so that you weren't out yeah, there. It, it was a lot. It, they gave me about 500 bucks, nothing, you know, extravagant enough to, to get me out to the other side. And you know what? I, 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 I'm grateful. I'm humbled about it. You know, I try to, you know, pay it forward. You know, in an aspect. So, talk to me about how you you turned your life around since then, uh, and have become. Uh, I'm no longer in the hard drugs. Uh, I don't do drugs anyway. I drive truck. Um, matter of fact, you know, uh, it, what was it? March fifth, two thousand fourteen was the last time I did dope. So. Ever since then, you know, I just kind of, you know, even though life is hard and I, I you know, I get depressed every once in a while because of the situation. I screwed mm -hmm. my life up, you know. Um, my daughter wanted to come live with me, so I had to go work, you know, work, you know, make sacrifices. You know, I quit smoking, turn around, got a car, got a car, got a job, got a job, got a better job. So I was able to get my own place, move it, you know, get out on my own. You know, it took me three, three and a half years. My daughter was able to come live with me. That's awesome. And I didn't have nothing. 
Did you turn so, to any like vices? Said, uh, did you turn to any vices, Jesse? Um, I, you know, it, uh, yeah, it, it, it you know, I turned my life around. Uh, mine was, like I said, different though, because I had mom and became gravely ill when all this happened. So I, I, you know, I took kind of the opportunity to kind of step back from, from, you know, everything and was just there for my mom. And, and then, you know, when I lost her, it just, it changed everything in me. It really did. And, and, uh, you know, I, I, you know, I am kind of grateful that, that, you know, I was, damn, I, I honestly, I had like eight sheriffs at my house every week just to say hi, according to them, you know? So I had that constant police harassment. I had the, the, the profiling, you know, they do with the bikers and man, I couldn't do anything, you know? And, and now to actually have that where, I feel free to kind of just go out here and, you know, I don't have to worry about law enforcement and, and, and all that. I didn't ever worry about, you know, wearing the patch and, and worry about who's going to see me. I don't really care about that. We know what we signed up for, mm. but I was grateful for it as, as not being, you know, law enforcement locking at my door all the time. Mm. Well, my crime partner, Danny, uh, I'm going through exactly what these guys have right now, depression what did I do wrong? How could she do that to me, etc.? He knows the feeling. That is Danny D'Lo right there uh, with his channel. Oh, man. You and know, one a, thing I... Do you ever get that question that comes to mind with your club? You know, I, I have a lot of questions as far as, you know, like... You know, I like again, you look at two sides of it. You look at it like... You know, as far as like with her, honestly, it affected me a lot more than, than people realize because I ended up getting low self-esteem for myself. I just felt like I was never good enough for anybody else. And, you know, like I just really didn't love myself, I guess you could say, after that. Um, and as far as with the club, you start thinking, man, all these years I dedicated myself 110 percent, rising through the ranks, earning my stripes and and, and earning my patches and, and on and on like you know, did, did this brother really know or did something still go on after that? Like, what the hell? I did all that for, for nothing or, you know, of course, all those those thoughts do go through your head. But I just learned to just the only thoughts. That's all they are is I got to kind of sustain them and just let it be. Because I also do believe in those school way, unless you got that solid proof, why open your mouth, say anything or create problems? Mm -hmm. How were you able to overcome that low self-esteem? <laughs> You know, honestly, it took me doing everything I went through, breaking and just literally being at the dirt lowest point of my life and by myself having nobody around and and slowly coming out of my shell. Then, you know, you notice people start being, they're nicer, you know, or maybe they were always nice, but because of my low self-esteem, I didn't know that, so... I start talking to people and then I start, Oh, well, this person likes me. This is all, oh, this is cool. You know? And, and they start building, you start learning to love yourself, you know, and stop, you know, doing the, the hardcore drugs that you were doing, start drinking the way I was drinking and, and, you know, just doing simple things. Cause honestly, during that depression, you know, mine was so bad. I wasn't taking showers. I wasn't, you know, clean shaven. And now I take pride in what I look like every day. You know, I get up, I shower, before I go anywhere, I shave and make sure I'm presentable to the world. You know, it makes me feel better. 
Mom, uh, congratulations coming out of something like that. And I know it always sticks with you. Uh, but depression is a killer. It really is a disease that many people really don't understand. And I don't think just because we're in the life that we're in, it makes you weak. I actually think it makes you stronger coming out the other side. And I, and I agree with you. That was that was a major reason I kept my depression a secret and hidden and didn't want to tell nobody because yeah, in our lifestyles, they, they look at you that one, you know, you're, you're crazy. You're, you know, you're, you put in work, you this and that. And, and like, just say something like that. People kind of do look at you funny. Like, are you weak? No, I'm human. You know? Absolutely. Very well said. Very well said. I bought a new bike. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, one thing that I, I noticed, I was going to say this earlier, so I'm coming back to this point, um, is still the ton of respect you guys maintain for your former clubs. Um, the 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 fact that uh, you, Wes, you know, you, you have this desire still to prove to them and, or to say to them or communicate to them that, that I, I'm, I'm still worthy. I was not that dude that, that you thought. Um, and, you know, you, you haven't come on here and thrown a bunch of people's names out or anything. You've just told your story, but you kept your, your former club private. It's still secret. And you too, Wes. I mean, oh, you can make me cry. <laughs> that's not the, yeah, we'll all yeah. be up here crying. Hollywood won't cry. He's too evil. But you know, that's, a, that's the, that's the one, a big uh, misconception that people don't know about bikers. They look at bikers and they say drunken assholes that just go to bars. And, and it's not even like that. There's one thing I've been through many walks of life, met many people. And there's one thing I found in the biker community. You do not find anywhere else. Mistakes happen. Things, situations like this happen, but the brotherhood you build with those brothers and it doesn't matter if it's in the same club or just with the uh you know the 99 percenters out there like that brotherhood that just you don't see it anywhere else you don't experience it anywhere else so yeah of course i'm gonna stick you know i, I love it you know do you miss it at all i've been to oh, i do i i miss it every day you know i i really do but it it like i said it was you know i couldn't dedicate myself 110% and being in a club, you have to, you know, my, my priority shifted as far, you know, my mom with my depression, taking care of myself and, and on and on. And, and yeah, there's, don't get me wrong. There's members that, that kind of, when everything was happening, we were like, you know what? I love you I, as a person, as a brother, whatever, but you know, we know what we signed up for. So if whatever way this goes, I can't talk to you. I can't talk to you. But just know that, yeah, you're in my, you're in my heart. So, you know. Wow. Yeah. I miss, I I miss the club up until I get on the bike. <laughs> say, say again. I says I miss the club up until the point where I get on the bike and I start to ride because uh, <laughs> being in Cali, you just don't ride where you want to go. You know. Mm -hmm. yep. You get certain areas that you you're not you're not too comfortable riding in uh, being an independent. I got that. No problem. You know, cops don't look at me. You know, I don't got that target on my back. You know, I still ride like I'm in the club, you know, <laughs> light speed here and there, but um, I, I missed a club up until about that. When it comes to the brotherhood, cause I've been in battle with these brothers, you know, and 
when the shit hits the fan and you're and you're standing tall and they're standing tall, there ain't nothing in the world that can touch that. You know, being handcuffed to a next to a brother and going, did you feel that? And they're like, yeah. <laughs> you can't you can't top that. Right. Well, we used to have it, and everybody's heard it, uh, bros before hoes, and it's kind of like that it ain't like that anymore. Yeah. I mean, but I think it kind of goes kind of like, you know, what China Doll said, it goes both ways. You know, the dude can do the same dirt that a woman can do. So, you know. Right. Right. Exactly. BD, man, come on, man. I know you got questions. Um, I, you know, just... I I'd like to know uh, this. Do 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 you um, do you guys? What what would you say to younger brothers that that are actually facing this right now? Uh, I'll ask you first, Wes, and then I'll ask you, Jesse. Like, what what would be your advice to somebody that is um, you know facing, this, especially in in these clubs? And you guys were you guys were in diamond clubs, so you guys uh, you know it's supposed to be tough and all this kind of stuff, and you've got a whole lot going on, but what what would you say to somebody that finds himself in this kind of position? How do you handle yourself correctly? I I was like I said, I was brought in by some old school members. I believe if you're gonna join a club like this, you gotta know what you get into before you do it. Because yeah, situations like this, you know, will arise. You know, how do you handle yourself per protocol? But at the end of the day, like I was always told. A man stands stands on his own two feet by himself, without the club, without the. So as long as you're not being disrespected as a man, trust in your club, trust in your bylaws, and that's all I could. You know, that's the best advice I can give the, the younger you know generation coming up. Very well said, Wes. Very well said. Um. Well, I'll tell you what. Whenever somebody started hanging around and showed interest in with us and the first thing that they want to do is they want i want to bring my wife i want her to meet you guys why you love your wife yeah you love being married yeah yeah man yeah then don't join the club because if you join the club and you're i was married when i joined the club i divorced two years after i was in and Everybody I know that came in married got divorced. So the odds of you staying together with your old lady when you come in the club, the odds are stacked against you. Because three things are going to happen. You're going to die. You're going to go to prison. You're going to get divorced. Those are the only three things you actually got that are guaranteed. You know, I mean, I don't know even how to explain it. That's what I tell you know the new guys that wanted to hang around. Hey, you see your old lady there? You're gonna find another one, you know. And you know it's just proven fact. The statistics are against relationships in the club. Right. I'm gonna give everybody out there in the chat room a uh, opportunity to ask our guests Jesse and Wes the question, and if you want to. Put that question in the community uh, tab. But Wes just said something, BD, that freaking time warped me back. It's my time. It's was one of the first things they would tell you. 
first things they would tell you, you're either going to go to prison. You're going to die. I can promise, you, I can promise yeah. you three things. These are the three things I can promise you. An early death or a prison sentence. And anything other than that is gravy. <laughs> That's exactly the yeah, way I it think, was said, man. I think I was told, the way I was told was, if you're married, you're going to get divorced. If you have kids, you're probably going to lose them. If you have a house, you'll probably lose that. And you're either going to end up in prison or hospital bed. Is this what you want? No. And at still, the time, I was young. Take me in. <laughs> <laughs> it is crazy. Yeah, people, I even think of myself like, holy shit, what was I thinking of? Yeah, sure, you know. Wow. But again, it's the, the strong, strong uh, bonds of brotherhood that you just build with some of these guys is just, it's unmatched anywhere, you know? Right. Do you feel liberated now that you're out of the club? Um, different, yeah. I mean, because unfortunately, even though it's been so long, you know, people still know who you are in your area. People still remember you as that. So you still have the people that kind of try to test your toughness, you know. Oh, he doesn't wear the patch anymore. Let's see where he stands. And, you know, but at the same time, yeah, I do feel like I'm not looking over my shoulder trying to, you know, as I was also taught too is, you know, don't be fearful, but see them before they see you. Mm. And now I don't have to look around and see that. I can live that normal life and just go to any beach, any area, or right through any area, not having to check in and, and give the heads up of where I'm going type thing, you know? Right. And you're were you able to come back and form a stronger bond with your family after leaving? Um... You know, unfortunately, my mother, it was it was too late. You know, I, I lost her pretty quick after, you know, her illness. And, and that is a, a horrible regret I do live with is, is not, you know, being able to, to fix that as much as I, I could have. You know, we were on good terms and all that. But yeah, and as far as with my sisters and, and all that, yeah, it, it, you know, they stopped looking at me that certain way. They stopped, you know, don't come around here with your buddies. You know, don't ride your motorcycle down here and. You know, I, you know, I would tell them if I'm on my motorcycle, I'm wearing my cut. It doesn't matter where I'm at, you know. And it was like, well, take your cut off down the street. Well, I just rather not go, you know. So now they don't have to deal with that. I don't have to explain myself. So it, it did build that relationship, you know, strong with my family too. Right, Wes. Do you feel what? more liberated? Yeah. Um. Everything seems. When I ride now. I, I got my head up a little bit higher, you know, catching the wind and because I don't have to worry about what's, what's coming up behind me, you know, um, I don't have to worry about cops pulling me over, you know, yeah. sitting there do a Terry stop on me. Uh, you know, I, 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 I can carry a gun without, you know, worrying about somebody getting the wrong idea. You know, I got a CCW, you know, Mm. I don't know. I don't. I. I. To me, you know, I got to do things I normally wouldn't got to do if I was still in the club because, you know, you just don't go places unless you know you're you're a nomad or something. I guess. Um, right. But yeah, I feel I feel better about myself. I feel better about my club. You know, my club's is no longer in my life, but I still love it. You know, I still, you know, I keep an eye on them. You know, I, I, I try to hear out what's going on. 
But at the same time, mm-hmm. you know, if I would have stayed in the club, I would probably be dead or in prison right now, without a doubt. Mm. Uh, Nate uh, puts, so the moral of the story, I guess, is do your homework, due diligence before joining anything. Intel is everything. Don't be blinded by the flash. Find what's best for you. Don't be blinded. Don't be blinded by the flash is the biggest one, you know, uh, because it's very flashy. Uh, Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That's a crazy, I mean, the stuff I experienced with just wearing that, that cut, it was just, it's, you know, I hate to really compare it to that, but it's like straight sons of anarchy crap. You know, it's just like, damn, you know, I, I went through that, you know, the power of the past, I think. So, right. You know, it is some people, some people unfortunately are blinded by that, and that's why they join. And to me, that's joining for the wrong reasons. Right. Uh, T Spain, uh, well, you don't have to be in a club for someone to be trying to bang your old lady. The club is just a microcosm. <laughs> Black Dragon. Yeah, true. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, we see this in churches. Uh, uh, sororities, fraternities, humankinds are, are humankind. And, you know, what I would tell everybody out there that wants to be in a motorcycle club of any kind, riding club, whatever, I, I would tell you that uh, like like those guys used to say in the old days, I can promise you two things, uh, jail or pris- uh, prison or an, or, or an early grave. There, there's another thing that I can promise. I can promise you that you are absolutely going to be let down by your motorcycle club to the point of crawling on your knees, curling up in a ball and wanting to die because motorcycle clubs are full of people, bottom line, and people are fallible. And as much as they'll build you up and make you feel great. And there are so many guys on here that, that are writing in the comments, uh, that are saying I went through this and uh, brother Jose Gilbert that's on here was a one percenter. I remember when he called me up uh, a few years ago, having gone through this same thing, uh, he was with a major club and we, and, and, and the only reason I say so is because he writes it up there that he went through it. And I remember him calling me up and, and, and we talking for <laughs> hours and days and, 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 and weeks trying to get that that guy that brother straight because um I, I didn't want you know some of the bad things that were going on uh to, to come out of them I, i've been on the phone and counsel guys all over the country i've had prospects call me up and say you know black dragon uh, what do i do about this and it's absolutely going to happen what wes said keep your freaking old lady away from the damn club yeah. especially when you're an <laughs> F prospect, you don't know those people yet. They're they're prospective brothers. Yeah. Um, right. <laughs> well, keep we're at the uh, hour mark. I'm going to go around the table and get your guys' final thoughts, your suggestions, your advice. Uh, we'll start out with Jess and then uh, end up with uh, Wes and Black Dragon. John. Again, my my life, I look at my life is way different than it was back then. You know, I know some people would probably look at it like, shit, I wouldn't go through all that shit again. But you know what? If I, I would. I would, you know, the, the bonds of brotherhood you build and, and, and the experiences in life in general, you know, you, you kind of learn how to deal with all the tough 
stuff that happens in life, you know, may not happen to everybody, but you know, you learn to kind of deal with it and, and you know. Do you feel more empowered going through life now, going through those experiences? I could, I, I mean, honestly, I think I could deal with things a lot better than I used to. Cause you know, before I used to come down on myself hard and just, you know, I learned to hate myself. Like why, why did I keep going through this stuff? I hate myself. You know, I'm, I'm ugly, this and that. And I was just like, no matter how hard the situation is, I'm, I may not be able to brush it off, but I could just say, you know what, go to sleep and you know, things will be better tomorrow. Things are, you know, I have more control in my life now. Big, that's huge right there, having more control for your life and what thinking what's best for you. A lot of people don't do that. Uh, and it sends them into a spiral that some people just can't recover from. Uh, I, mean, I, was, I was almost there. I can only imagine, man. Mm -hmm. Wes, what's your final thoughts, your yeah. advice, all that stuff? Uh, the only advice I can give you is, is, is if you're willing to give up everything for a patch, hey, do it. You know, if that's what you're looking for, you're looking for that kind of that brotherhood that you can't get anywhere else, then do it. You know, it's your choice. But remind, you know, choices. You know, they come with, uh, you know, sacrifices. And what are you willing to sacrifice? You're going to sacrifice your kids, your family? Hey, do it. Um, I'm not one to say, hey, don't do it because it's bad for you. No. Um, you know, live your life. You know, if that's what you want, go for it. and do. But do it righteously. Don't lie to a brother. Don't ever lie to a brother. Take a beating before you lie to a brother. Absolutely. That's all I got to say. Absolutely. BD. You know, I uh, I never went through this uh, because I lost every woman that I ever loved uh, <laughs> before that that this had a chance to happen to me. The club, the club took every woman I ever loved over the last thirty years. So I, I know what Wes is talking about, man. Um, uh, it's it's easy to, to get too into this thing. It can take your children too. Um, and the time you find that you spend away, it's really kind of silly. It's like a military guy that goes out to sea or out in the field for years and years and comes back from deployment and, and really doesn't even know. And this is the, his wife and children. So uh, uh, um, it, balance, everything must have balance. So you young guys out there, seek some balance too. It's a, it's a whirlwind life. It'll catch up. Oh, um, and and the greatest time you could ever have in the world is a road doing stuff with your brothers, and everybody's on the same accord, doing the same thing, taking the same chances. Don't care about nothing, but time just. I'm 59. I don't know where the last 30 years went, but anyway, um, I appreciate you guys for being on the show with us it's a, it took a lot to come on here and talk ab about such personal issues and i i'm we we want to do things that help bikers um with our shows hollywood and i and i think that um just the fact that other folks know i'm not the only one in the world i'm not the only one that feels this way even danny delo there's a few guys on here that uh, um, we're talking about the whole time. Hey, I've been through this. I've been through this. I've been through this. Y'all aren't alone. They aren't alone. I'm glad we could talk this out together. Thank you so much for being on our show. 
Oh, I have to agree, man. Jess and uh, Wes, it took a lot of courage to do what you guys did. You taught me a lot. I know you taught a lot of our listeners a lot about what you went through, their perseverance to come back, to kick life right in the balls. That's what I see you guys did. And I'm so happy for you guys getting on that track and getting it together, man, for yourselves and your family and stuff like that. Uh, one thing that Black Dragon is correct is we want to do more shows like this to get more in depth on a personal level because, quite frankly, bikers are human beings and there's so much more to being a biker, to being a husband, a boyfriend, all that good stuff. And there's a lot of troubles that go along the way. So we're going to try to start featuring that a lot more. Uh, on our shows, and I thought it was an interesting conversation. Jess, uh, Wes, damn, man, you guys did just perfect, if you ask me. Uh, it was really a really good show, in my opinion, and look for more with this. Add the Insane Throttle TV app on Roku now. Get content not seen on our other platforms. No censorship, no PC. Only biker fun and entertainment. It's hardcore. Again, go over to Roco TV and add the Insane Throttle TV app now. Rock You're with the old school rock and roll stream. I love this station. WMMRDB Rockford. What's up, you hooligans? How are you doing this morning? Boy, oh boy, was that a good first show yesterday, The Biker Angle, covering world news events with Black Dragon. I think I got under his skin just a little bit, just a little bit. You know, good debate and all that good stuff, a lot happening out there in the world, giving it to you by The Biker Angle's point of view. Anyway, tonight we have a couple special guests that are going to be coming on talking about when their brothers or brother slept with their old lady. And it's uh, guys from two uh, prominent clubs, but we're not going to mention that. But it did happen, and they want to get their story out. Want to get their story out. Is this like a buyer beware kind of thing? Buyer beware. It's important as well. Because this has happened a lot more and a lot more. Especially in the club scene. It's kind of disheartening with somebody you trust that actually forms an emotional attachment to your old lady when your bylaws say, hey... You're not supposed to be doing this. And because of political uh, deals and politics, they get away with it when they shouldn't. Sad state of affairs. Sad state of affairs. Do we need to throw hands? Yes, I think they need to throw hands. Let's go. (laughs) Anyway, coming out of Oak Park. You know Oak Park, right? I do. You know where that cesspool of uh, Lake Street uh, L station's at? That yes. you don't like riding? No, I hate riding that. At least by myself, it will never happen. Well, it's Lens season. And they say 
that you should forgo any hymns, any music, written by white people. This coming out of a fucking church. Um, it's like Easter time. And it goes on to say a website. In our worship services throughout Lent, we will not be using any music or liturgy written or composed by white people. Um, The website for the First United Church of Oak Park reads, Our music will be drawn from the African American spirituals tradition, from South African freedom songs, and from Native American traditions. Wow! A lot of what they just said now is pagan religions, if you consider it in Christianity terms. Anyway, the statement continues. For Lent, it is our prayer that in our spiritual disciplines we may grow as Christians, united in the body of Christ with people of all ages, nations, races, and origins. If you're a part of the First United Church uh, congregations, also, I can't believe Methodists have turned this way, you're in for a rude awakening. Um, aren't most of the hymns in a hymnal written by white people? I have no idea. I don't either. All I know is you don't point, you know, say, hey, we're not, we're going to exclude somebody because they're white. What are we, like, odd man out now? Oh, get used to it. The white people? These loony leftists, man. What the hell? You know what? I wish we could just move all the loony leftists to one state and keep them there. California? Because they're a minority, but they scream and cry and whine and bitch the loudest. (coughs) Will they fit in California? Yeah, all of them actually would. (laughs) And it's called Fasting from Whiteness. <laughs> and <laughs> this is, is supposed to be a church. <laughs> a church of the old man upstairs. Hey, can I call off of work today and say I'm fasting from whiteness? Now, I have nothing against Native <laughs> Americans. Nothing against them. But they're pagans in the eyes of the Christian religion. So why would you draw from their songs... If you're a Christian, it don't make no fucking sense to me. So then they're going to all be singing to Satan? Where the <laughs> fuck did that come from? I don't know. <laughs> Are you already lost on this subject? Yes. Politics, religion, and history. Not my thing. This don't even have to do with any of that. It has to do from the standpoint of, wait, you're supposed to be a church and you're excluding everybody else because of skin color. I'm calling. I'm, I'm going to call off and say I'm fasting from whiteness. It's over. You think that would be a good excuse? I don't know. <laughs> I must say. According to the loony leftist, you're a birthing person, but if you're black or Hispanic, you're a mother. This is the stuff we are letting our kids be taught. It should never be taught. And now in Oak Park, they're fasting from white people. Exactly. What the fuck? Oak Park's a kind of special dumb fucks. Okay? It's they're just... all the ones you want to go up and like smack the Oh, you heads. just want to smack their liberal asses right in the face. Because they're all full liberals. You want to go McFly them? Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> but when you jump on that L, 
It's like you're going into a war zone. I hate that train. I hate that L train. <laughs> that is the creepiest thing I've ever been on in my entire life. Talk about feeling extremely white. The only time you're not feeling extremely white is if you're going down there because they have a fest going on. And what bothers me the most is white people are just sitting back taking it. They don't say nothing because they're afraid of being called racist. Fuck that. Well, what they're doing is racist. Exactamundo. What the hell? They're projecting. Meaning... They try blaming you for something they're actually doing. And that is the great divide in this country. It's like they're reversing. Well, that's what they do. Does that mean they gave me the skip the, the skip you card in uh, Uno? I think so. They're skipping me and going back to themselves. Or <laughs> they're skipping me and making me draw four. What? There's another worrisome thing that I seen yesterday. What? Very scared shit, man. Scary shit. Am I going to get it? The president of the United States... Oh, Lord. ...is supposed to be respected. There's traditions with the office. And what I seen at that event with Barack Obama sickened me. It really sickened me. What happened? I missed it. Again, presidents should be respected. Should be. Obama kind of stole the show, which is fine. But you had the current president of the United States wandering around, nobody talking to him, ignoring him. Even when he went to talk to Obama, he ignored him. It, you know what? Take him out of the presidency and as a human being that's elderly. How they could do that to anybody that's elderly is bullshit. Push it to the side, the politics. But he looked lost. He looked very, very lost. And it was a sickening sight to see that happen to our president of the United States. Regardless of political spectrum. But I hate to say it, but he always looks lost. No, this was bad. This was a, a pretty bad incident. They let him wander around. You know how old people, some of them get lost or some of them just wander off? Yeah. That's what he was doing. <laughs> and this in front of the, the whole world. You have the BBC reporting on it. You got uh, Sky News Australia reporting on it. It's sickening what they did to this old man. The former president brushed him off. This is the current president of the United States, and I don't understand what the fuck happened. I was like, even, where the fuck is Secret Service at? They weren't even there? Well, you couldn't see him in the video. But he did. He put his hand, one of the things uh, in the video showed, he put his hand on Obama and he said, Hey, Barack. Just brushed him off, ignored him, and kept on talking. This the president of the fucking United States. Ouch. That's sad. I'm starting to really think 100%. 
that he's just a figurehead placement because they had nobody else, and now people around him are running this country, which it shouldn't be that way. I think it's been like that since the get-go. But this proves it even more in my eyes. You cannot have bureaucrats leading this country. It's supposed to be our president. And regardless if you like the fucking guy or not, you don't treat him like that because you don't respect the office at that point. Well, like you said, even as a freaking human being, you don't treat a person like that. And not to bring up old wounds or <laughs> stuff like that. Remember how your dad yeah. used to get lost. Yeah. That's the way he acted. 100%. I'll show you the video. Yeah, I'll have, I'd like to see that video. Yeah, my dad, because he had the Parkinson's-related Alzheimer's and dementia, right. would wander around outside. Just looking, not knowing just, where the fuck's going on, none yeah, of that stuff. Yeah. That's what Biden looked like yesterday. And we'd have to go get him. And my aunt was the same way. She actually used to walk out the front door, and they'd find her like three or four blocks away. And she, they'd be like, where are you going? Oh, I'm going home. Well... She lived in Morris, Illinois, and mm. her home before that was in Lombard, Illinois. That would have been a long walk. Right. But they actually... See, what really screws with me is how people look at older, you know, the elderly. They went through the same stuff. They paved the way, and they're thrown out the door. It's like, screw you, let's just put you in a fucking nursing home. And forget about you. Well, there were numerous people when uh, our daughter was working in that nursing home as the activities director. There were dozens of people that were in the senior living facility she was at that never got visitors, but they knew had family. It's like you said, they just threw them in there and whatever. It's not their problem anymore. There can't be more of a point within New York when that disgraced Governor Como, he threw all the people that, even though he had a big-ass ship, a medical ship from uh, the armed forces sitting out in his freaking pier, he threw all them sick people in with the elderly in them nursing homes. He just threw them in there. No respect whatsoever. And we got to remember, the ones that are dying now, the ones that are in their 80s, their 90s, those are the last of the greatest generation. Those are the ones that lived it and done it. World War II, Korea, Vietnam, the Depression... That's the greatest generation that's dying off right now. And the stories you can hear from them are is unbelievable. I remember going over to the fucking... Where was it? Actually, it was across the street by the Legion. And you just hear the old-timers talk. So it does make me freaking sick that people just walk all over them. Well, it's like president or not, I mean... We all know where we stand as far as our opinions of the president. But as a person. As a person, you know, you hear he's a good guy. But at the other end, I say, 
well, wait a second. Are these policies actually his? Because he never showed that type of record during a senatorial career. Now all of a sudden it's flipped. It's all about the progressive agenda. And he's surrounded by these type of people. So it's them telling him to do shit. I bet you. Well, I hate to, I hate to say it, but does, does he even know half the shit that he signs? I, I would, I guess not. But at the same time, how can we blame him? He was put in this position. And he was, and it, what's even more funny is I think he's ran his course and they're trying to get rid of him now. Because before all this in the election, they covered up the Hunter thing. And they said he could do no wrong after getting in. But now everybody sees his poll numbers and the Democrats are about to get wiped out. They're throwing him under the bus. This is an elderly old man. How old is he? He's going to be 80 later this year. Holy crap. And do you see how gray ex-presidents get real quick? Yeah. Obama, same thing. They were young when they had an office. Only, this guy's 80 years old. The only one that hasn't gotten gray is Trump, but that's because he colors his fake hair. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? I know. Yeah, I know. And then we bitch about Medicare and all the benefits we have to give the older people, but they paid into the system. It's theirs. It ain't our fault that the politicians fucked our money up. Well, that's like, uh, how many times have we heard every year that by the time, like, myself or even our daughter, who's 25, gets to the age of going on Social Security, it's that, gonna it, be gone. That, that it might not even be there. And them raising uh, the minimum age up in the high 60s now. That's just taken away from these people. I mean, all these, all those years that people pay into that, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, just look at your pay stubs and see how much money every year they take out for, for Medicare, for Medicare and for Social Security, blah, 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 whatever. Well, I mean, has anybody ever really just sat there and be like, where really is that money? They're taken out of my check. Exactly. Because they're still like, taking it out, but they're telling us that it's not going to be around. Exactly, but that's the thing, though, is it's your money. Wow, why isn't it going to be there? The, if you're going to pay for it for all these freaking years, from like the age 16 all the way up till retirement, you're going to be putting into all of this, all the Medicare and all the Social Security and all that shit, and then when it's your turn, it's gone? Because they, they talk about it every year. Mm-hmm. You know, God God knows when it's going to actually happen. But well, it's every, almost insolvent now. Every year, I mean, I've noticed personally every year for the past five years, they've talked about, well, when you get there, it might not be there. You know, because before then, I really didn't pay much attention. But now that I'm getting closer to 50, <laughs> I just want to pay attention to that shit. I just want to slap these people who treat these people like this. And I'm not... Uh, Anybody in that age range. Like I said, they fought off fucking Hitler. World War II, they fucking kicked ass. Even the people at home, the women, went into the factories 
building planes, munitions, lived on vouchers because they had to freaking preserve everything here mm-hmm. for that war. They lived a hard fucking life. So when they retire, they're supposed to be taken care of. Yeah, you would hope. But here's the, here's the, here's the other kicker, though. You go to put someone or your loved one chooses to go into a senior living facility of some, some sort. Most of the time, you can't even afford to go in there. Mm. They're so expensive. Or you can only have a specific monthly income to go in there. There are so many requirements to go into a senior living facility. There is. Like, you have to give up your whole Medicare check to go in one. That goes directly to them. I mean, it's it's sad. And then the conditions in some of these nursing homes is god-awful. Mm-hmm. I hope whenever you send a family member or a loved one or whatever into a nursing home or some sort of senior living facility that you do a shit ton of research on where you're putting this person before you put them there. 100%. Look how they treated your dad. Yeah. <laughs> They strapped him down to chairs. <laughs> and it's not funny. And they put, It was a medical reason. And they and they put an alarm on him, attached an alarm to him while he was sitting in his bed. So if he tried to get up to wander, um the alarm would detach. I think they made him insolvent was what happened. They also the other thing that they did in the living facility, that's why he ended up just coming home. Um was they <laughs> They fucked up his meds to where his, I think it caused his Parkinson's and the Alzheimer's and the dementia to progress faster mm-hmm. because it's like, we knew the doses that he was supposed to be on. And when we asked for his medication list, it it was way off what it was supposed to be. And I think this, what's happened with the elderly leads into your topic you wanted to discuss today is power. Yeah. These fucking elites yeah. are power-hungry pricks. And you really had some good stuff that you wanted to talk about in regards to this. Yeah. Well, it's like, I kind of came to the conclusion since we finished the seven deadly sins, we finished all the se- the seven heavenly virtues, I just wanted to, like, I don't know, look up random shit. And this just came to mind because all people in power, I mean, they just like to control. And that is controlling. They're controlling everything from the government down to our daily lives. Especially nowadays with this government. They want to be in every fucking crevice of your body. They want to be up your asshole now. Mm -hmm. And it's disgusting and it's all about power. Both them fucking parties, Republican and Democrat, it's all about fucking power. Well, it's like the biggest thing is like we pay everybody pays attention to powerful people because they know they can create change. Mainly because, you know, most of them that are in power have the money to do shit. 
And well, hopefully one powerful guy that's going to change things is Elon Musk because he just bought a big stake in Twitter. That needs to be changed, but go ahead. You know, I mean, seriously, what what does what do you think it feels like to be powerful? What do, what do you think it I feels like? I think it has to go to you got little nuts syndrome, so you have to make other people's lives fucking miserable because you got to make up for your schlong being so small. <laughs> well, actually, Hollywood, it makes you feel bold, confident, and motivated, and it makes you feel like you are in control of your life. And you stand a little taller and carry yourself like the strong, capable person that you well, are. Well, couldn't you just say that's in, you should have integrity and not want all that power? Yeah. And, a, well, and you should have a lot of self-confidence. So I think those two would override the need for wanting power. I never would want that kind of shit. Because it would change who I am as a person. Well, can you think of a time in your life where you felt like you were powerful? I don't understand. Where I would thought I was powerful? And in control. Well, that had to do with wanting to work for myself. But it don't have nothing to do with controlling others. Right, because you're just working for yourself. Right. Well, you know... Well, what? Some people can feel powerful just by what they wear and how they and doing their hair and like women doing their makeup and sometimes self-expression like that makes them feel powerful. So I have to dress up in a three-piece suit to feel power. Well, sometimes it makes you feel pow empowered. See, empowered and powered is a different thing. True power is what you see at this government level. They do not represent us. They represent oil. They represent gas. They represent all these George Soros. They don't represent us. So their power comes from money and being fucking snakes. Well, they they say that the most people with power are the ones that have the money, the high, like the hierarchy. Well, hierarchy is a good uh, point right there. You know, you need to talk about the hierarchy because you had some good shit last night on that. Well, it just I I think the biggest thing that gets to me is why why does why does having so much money make you make you powerful? Because you to buy anything you want, and that includes other people. Yeah, they can, you buy the influence. Saying they can buy votes, too. Oh, always. Come on, look at Chicago. They buy that shit all the time. Well, Chicago seems to control the whole state. It does, and it's not no lie. But when you're talking about the hierarchy in America, you used to have the super rich, the rich, mm -hmm. the middle class, and the poor. You don't have a middle or upper middle class anymore. No, it's just they lower class. They squeeze it, it's, it's like just the lower class and upper class. That's all it is now. I mean, that's how it feels. So, who's actually benefiting? The ones with the money and the power. It's just like gas prices right now. Yeah. $4 a fucking gallon 
or more all over the country. Yeah, ours is like 430-something. You have these rich people trying to make themselves feel good about the Ukraine deal. Oh, I don't mind paying $10 a gallon of gas. It makes me feel good. But wait a second. What about us? We don't got that money. What about those people that live paycheck to paycheck that are barely able to make it by with their checks alone paying their bills, let alone how high groceries have gotten and how high gas is? Well, you take a motorcycle, for example. It's not even cheap a to five fill a bike. Gallon, a five-gallon tank. Yeah. Say at six dollars or five or six, well, just take five bucks a just gallon. Just do five bucks. You're looking at 25 bucks to fill up a gosh damn bike. Yeah. Nobody's going to want to take those cross-country rides anymore. Well, and then, like, okay, like, let's use your Dyna, for example. That thing goes... A fucking gas guzzler. It's a gas guzzler, so... If you want to go on a long ride on on the Dyna, you're going to be spending, like, three or four times that amount of money just to go for a long ride. Exactly. And what does that do when people don't want to travel? Well, that affects the economy because... You're not getting the hotel money. You're not getting the restaurant money. And it's just a vicious chain of events that hurts everybody. But they're willing to pay that fucking $6 an hour so I feel good type of deal because they got the money to do it. So it's them type of people that influence policy. They're the ones that give the two thousand, the five thousand, the ten thousand dollars to these politicians. So they get to buy the influence. Yeah, how many times how many times do you go so okay, here's an example. How many times do you go through a drive through? Fast food. And they ask, Do you want to round up for <laughs> for a donation for the college fund? Right. Uh, no. <laughs> you want a big example of power? Yeah. Every one of them representatives in the United States Congress is millionaires. But they only make a hundred and something thousand a year. That should tell you everything about them people. They want the power. Pelosi's worth millions. I don't know how. That old drunk bitch. <laughs> how? Because <laughs> her husband. Well, okay, well, then it's what? Her husband's money, not hers. <laughs> She's married to him. Uh, yeah, well. She can live the life of luxury. But instead, she wants to be a nasty old bitch because she wants the power. See, well, I think one of the reasons why people... Okay, and I might, I'm dumb when it comes to politics, but... I think a lot of times these people go into politics because they're money-hungry and power-hungry and they just want to be able to control people. But it's like, it's everybody else's fault for allowing it. Uh, 100%. I mean... It's them fucking idiots like I was talking about last night. I mean, everybody talks and talks and talks and talks and talks, but nobody ever does anything to, like, stand up for yourself when it comes to the government. No, they go in there and pull the lever for D or R. They don't look at all the issues. Low-information voters are the problem in this country. They don't want to know the issues. They don't study the issues. They just vote, like in Chicago. Chicago's real big on handing out the government cheese. 
So if you vote for me, we'll keep doing that. But if you don't, you don't get that anymore. I mean, yeah, people go out and they protest, right? But to be honest with you, what does that get you? Well, if you're BLM or Antifa, it gets you something. Because majority of the protests end up in... But if you're Proud Boys or White and all that stuff, you're a terrorist. Yeah, true. What I don't understand is people are saying, well, we're all divided. Well, we're divided because these pricks in the government are the ones dividing us, but you're too fucking stupid to see it. I mean, look around you when you're out in a public environment. You know, everybody that's out there bleeds the same damn color. It, it True enough. True enough. First music break. We'll be right back. This ain't a song for the broken hearted. Shout it out loud It's my life It's now or never I ain't gonna live forever 
men. France, in Belgium, in Germany, and all over the world. And even in... Who would believe this? Sweden! Quality Rock. You're listening to Motorcycle Madhouse Radio, WMMRDB Rockford. We were talking about all the bad that comes with people wanting the power. Yeah. But what about self-empowerment? Where you try to do good for yourself. You try to be a better human being. Yeah. That could also be a good thing as far as power. Yeah. Well, feeling more powerful and confident can also reduce social anxiety because you care you could care less what others think and worry less about being judged. I think that's one of the major problems in this country right now. What's that? People have no self-confidence in themselves. True. They don't know how to empower themselves in society because they are too worried about people looking at them. Well, that's because everybody's always worried about what other people think and don't do enough self-care. They don't. They don't at all. Mm-mm. Self-care has to be one of the biggest deals you can do for yourself because without that, you can't function as a person. Very true. And it often leads you to drugs, alcohol, because when people actually say it's a disease, I have to agree. Because it's a disease of your own mind that's got you there. You need the willpower to be able to break the cycle. And a lot of people ain't strong enough for that. Well, and the thing, the way I look at it is, is you don't have to have all kinds of money to feel powerful because feeling self-empowered is more important. Well, you have to put, you got to put standards on what you do. You have to have a concept of being somebody that's real. You got to be real with yourself. You got to look inward before you can help others, for one. And two, that's what you need to get through life. Because life's a motherfucker. It don't give you nothing for free. No, hell no. I always sit here and say, you know what? There's a lot of problems in Chicago. But you're making excuses. You're not trying to change it. Mm-hmm. You're not trying to do something to make yourself better. You let yourself be in a rut. And continue in that rut. And it's a vicious cycle that's passed on the kids, grandkids, their kids. So the cycle never breaks unless you sit and break it yourself. True. Well, it's like, you also got to think about the fact that, you know, how many people, okay, and I'm not going to sit here and do like most people do and blame it on COVID, but... Everybody being cooped up for so damn long because we were ordered to. Mm-hmm. That's more of a power trip, not self-empowering. No, I know, but I'm just saying because of the po- people with the power trips, you know, like Governor Pritzker, or <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> that's where y- you didn't have the socialization except for, of course, online, right? And everybody feels powerful online. Until they get out in the real world. You know, it's like, what do you, what do you call them? The keyboard what? Keyboard warriors. Yeah. Haters. Okay. Love mm-hmm. 
Yeah, you love They them. make me famous. <laughs> That's literally true. But it's like a lot of people went through withdrawal from not being around people. But and, you have and, to argue and, that and they, weren't around, they weren't around people in the first place, a lot of these. Well, a lot of them weren't. But it's like when you make yourself feel powerful and you have self-empowerment, it gives you so much better mental health. Well, yeah, mental health is a real issue. It can fuck you up. I mean, it's going to give you um, increased confidence, lower or lower stress. And stress, is I don't a killer, care what people say, is a killer. Is a fucking killer. Yeah. You're so right on that one. <laughs> it is. Stress it is will, the silent killer. That is what it's called. It will age your ass. It will give you heart attacks. It will give you str- uh, freaking strokes. It's no good. That's why I always say I like giving people stress and, instead of getting it. I don't like it. <laughs> give it away. Give I it away. give it right. Uh, you know what? I'll pay it forward. They're going to pay it forward. We're not talking paying for the, co- the person's food behind you. No, We're I'm going to I'm gonna give you stress. Giving you stress. And then I relieve my stress. <laughs> I like it. It's a good plan. Does that make you feel empowered? Yes, it does. <laughs> because I'll give it to them schlucks instead of me. Well, and it gives you higher self-esteem. I always had high self-esteem. Because yeah. I really never did care. No, <laughs> you never have. I believe in myself as a person. I believe in my beliefs. And I don't let people change that about me. That's everywhere I go. Yeah. Where you'll be embarrassed to me. (laughs) But you don't care. But I don't care. Mm -mm. I speak my mind. I act the way I do. Where you look at it like it's a fault. And it ain't a fault. What have you always said? Why do you like being around me? Why do what? Why do you like being married to me? Uh, Because you're my protector? The way it's supposed to be. I ain't afraid of it. I ain't little pencil neck dickheads that, you know, get worried about what they say or what they do. Because you have no fucks. No fucks given. (laughs) I always try to tell people, and I tell other creators this. Are they making your bills? Are they paying your bills? Are they paying your rent? Are they paying your cell phone? They paying for your damn internet. If not, fuck them. That's what I always say. Fuck them. You enjoy haters. Oh my God, do I. (laughs) it's the best part of my day is going through my emails and hearing them how much of a prick i am (laughs) just feed right into it too then i just oh god do i then i just go (laughs) 10 times worse the next time (laughs) just to piss them off (laughs) just to piss them off that's like last night's show we did it all about politics and some of the comments coming through is like, oh, my God, I'm, you know, I'm tinkling. <laughs> You're tinkling. Making myself tinkle laughing so much. <laughs> it's like, really, you dumb fucks got that out of that? I'm, I'm really, I'm really wondering what kind of comments and hate mail you're going to get after tonight's show. Oh, my God. 
You shouldn't be talking about that. People are going to get killed. Shut the fuck up. It's a show. <laughs> hey, man, like we always say, they choose to come on. Yeah, if they choose to come on and talk about their story, well, let's hear their story out. Because it is a big problem within the club scene. Yeah. You got a lot of people that are fucking other old ladies that you shouldn't be doing. That right there is a problem. And these two individuals that we're supposed to have on went through that. Maybe they can give you tips on what you should be looking for. I really believe that. Really do. We'll be right back uh, with uh, Cards Against Humanity.
join our throttle militia for $4.99 a month and get exclusive podcasts every Saturday at 10 a.m. Central Standard Time. Your monthly subscription helps Insane Throttle continue to put out shows like Motorcycle Madhouse Morning Mayhem, as well as our video productions on YouTube. You'll also receive an invite to the yearly rumble in the woods. Become a member of the Throttle Militia now, rocka! Plus, you get uh, special access to the members only on HarleyLiberty.com. There's articles over there the whole nine yards. You actually have two funny ones right now for Cards Against Humanity. <laughs> you no, do. No theme song? No theme song? Rude. Damn. All right, here we go. After months of practice, I think I'm finally ready for what? To drop a load on your forehead. On my fucking forehead, really? Or, you know, with practice, you know, hit your eye. Practice makes perfect. Yes. You got to know how to aim. So you've been practicing your aim. Yeah. I got to practice the aim. Mm, No. (laughs) No. No, we're not having target practice with my face. I love target practice. No, no. Go see how far you can shoot it. Go do that. Or try to get it in the toilet, you know. Piss in the toilet. Yeah, piss in the toilet, not on me in the bathtub, thanks. We have to, you know what women should do for men? Oh, Jesus, what? They should get an X marks the spot in the toilet. Maybe then we'll be able to no, get it in No, I am just going to start randomly throwing fucking Cheerios in it, just like you would get when you're a little kid. <laughs> Dude, I swear, I'm going to walk into the bathroom at work one day and throw random-ass Cheerios up in the toilet. because I'm, I dare you. These fuckers pissing on the fucking rim in the toilet. I on dare the, you. Oh, my God. Throw the uh, Put a sign up, too. Hit the Cheerios. Aim, please. <laughs> God, wouldn't that be fucking hilarious? I dare you. My boss would kill me. I would do it. I think it's hilarious, though. I should fucking do it. I don't care. (laughs) I'm going to have fun with it. What would you do after practicing? You don't only get to ask the questions here. Well, I don't want to fucking answer. Why? Why? No, I wanted you to answer. After months of practice, I think I'm finally ready for... I don't know. What? Uh, running away from you super fast because you're going to say oops and go for the wrong hole. <laughs> <laughs> I got to stretch first. You got to stretch. <laughs> what do we got in there? Dirty knobs, trapeze sex. What? <laughs> Trapeze sex. <laughs> oh, I get it now. I get it. I get it. Man, Morbic. Oh, my goodness. Uh, see, when he's not here, it's sad. And when he's here, I love it. What? Delivering a bunch of midges to Hollywood's house. Man, fuck <laughs> off. <laughs> Bush coyote. Bathroom sex. <laughs> as long as you don't sit on the piss. Dirty knobs is streaking across the highway. What an ugly sight. What is that, Bigfoot? (laughs) 
<laughs> Jamie Ray says karaoke. You sing a kind of a uh, good karaoke. Yeah, sure. You're getting more raspier voice now. But... I know. <laughs> Morbic. I win. Laugh my ass off. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you know, you're the gore, uh, the golden girl. You're B with the raspy voice. Oh man, don't don't look on Discord. What? <laughs> don't. Fucking midget. Midget's chasing the dude in the store yeah, again. That's the motherfucker that gave me the nightmare. <laughs> Okay, what's our next question? All right, here we go. My country tis of thee, sweet land of what? Fuckery. <laughs> sweet land of fuckery. Because that, what we—that's what this country is. Fuckery. <laughs> My country tis of thee, sweet land of loony lefties. <laughs> My God, you're, I'm starting to rub off on you. How are you going to deal with your daughter when you want to talk politics? I, I don't with her. <laughs> Marvick goes, hey, Hollywood, we got beef. <laughs> we got beef. <laughs> <laughs> no Arby's beef for me. <laughs> Do you ever notice that a woman, you know, that's been well used, their shit looks like an Arby's? <laughs> Would you suck on an Arby's No, pudding? I don't even like Arby's sandwiches. How do you not like Arby's, man? I like Bush Coyote's answer. What? My country tis of the sweet land of horse shit. <laughs> you don't like it? That's all right, but you didn't like the fuckery? I made it rhyme. I'm a white rapper now. <laughs> Man, he Morvik's all up, all up into this uh, midgets for Hollywood. Shit, you can't even give them motherfuckers an an anal colon cleanser to come out their mouth. They're not tall enough. Bush Coyote says he's getting fat at McDonald's. <laughs> Wasn't there a guy that ate, did a challenge where he ate nothing but McDonald's for a year? No, it was. Jared from Subway that ate Subway and supposedly lost all kinds of weight. He's a fucking pedophile. Yeah, I know. See things they find out because he lost all that weight? I don't know. Thanks to fucking su- sick <laughs> Subway. <laughs> okay. Now this is just a joke, people. Subway turned him into a pedophile. <laughs> I wouldn't doubt it, man. You see all them freaks that work there? <laughs> Over here they're all they're all they're push dots. <laughs> they're all push starts. <laughs> What are you talking about? I am not no bush dart. (laughs) Oh my goodness, Johnny Five is alive. (laughs) Why are you talking about that? I know a bush dart. Go talk to your camel. (laughs) I hate it when they answer the phone on like a helpline and shit. It's like, dude, I can't fucking understand you. No, what cracks me up is when they do it to you, you do it back. <laughs> I do. Never go through a drive-thru with this a-hole. He orders like that. He orders his food. Yes, I'd like a whopper with a cheese, please. <laughs> and that by the time I get up there, motherfucker crying, dying laughing. Dirty Knob says Jared from Subway went nuts because he didn't grow a foot long. <laughs> <laughs> you know, technically, Subway sandwiches are not even a foot long. Just saying. 
What did you fucking throw it up at your freaking hahu? No, it's uh, it's known. They're actually like eleven inches. <laughs> Do you like get a fucking measuring tape out? I don't know, but want me to go get one and measure it? Remember when the footlongs used to be five dollars? Well, now they're like eleven. Get the fuck out of here! They're that much money now. <laughs> Talking about fucking inflation. <laughs> the price of a foot long at Subway doubled. Fuck that, you to make one. Well, that's why I say just go get your own shit. <laughs> Me? You know what? I gotta teach you how to make an Italian fucking sub. An Italian one. Like the neighborhood. Rude. You've been doing... What do you mean, Rude? I was just going to say, you've been doing good at cooking lately. Yeah, even Dirty Knob says the Subway thing about it not being a foot long was an actual fucking lawsuit. Man, I got to go find that fucking stupid shit so I'd sue somebody. <laughs> <laughs> My lawyer would love me by then. Unbelievable. Unfucking believable. Unfucking believable. Like Andrew Dice Clay. I love that fucking guy. Anyway, guys, that's the show for today. We'll see you tomorrow. Yes, I'll have a video up tomorrow. Because I, uh, let's be honest. Fucking China Dow woke me up again at 3 o'clock this morning. What? No, I didn't. Fucking TV, man. I'm a punch you in your mouth My and that's all for motorcycle madhouse this morning don't forget to go over to subscribe to our youtube channel install insane throttle tv's channel over on roco as well as go get the insane throttle radio app over on google play rock on until next time